Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons & Dragons, from foggy fields to formidable fighters, and today we're venturing into the Far Realm. Welcome, Brian. How far is it? So far. So fucking The farthest, far. in fact. You uh, can't go farther. <laughs> I, I hear, like, once you get there, it doesn't matter how far anything is. This is true. <laughs> this is absolutely true. So, uh, the Far Realm um, is an interesting bit of D&D lore, and I want to warn everyone before we go in, I'm going to speak in a lot of what I call Lovecraftianisms, yeah. because this is a very Lovecraftian subject. And what I mean by Lovecraftianisms have is... Have fun listening us, <laughs> listening to us not describe anything. Yeah, and what, I'm, what I mean by Lovecraftianisms is I'm going to say a lot. It's not going to really mean anything, but it's going to make you feel something. Yeah. And that's, it, that's, all, that's all you need. It doesn't mean anything, but it means... It fe- you feel it all. <laughs> you feel it, it means all. everything. It really <laughs> is a... The absence of description really does uh, leave an unsettling feeling within you. It does. Because it activates your fear of the unknown. Indeed. So let's get into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Far Realm, also called The Outside, is a plane of existence for lack of a better word it's not really a plane but it's like anyways. a soup of existence yeah. of it's non-existence a, yeah, it's a plane existence. it's a, a plane of existence of madness and impossible geometries yes things that your your human brain cannot comprehend right it is a realm that exists outside of space and time an entirely separate universe beyond the bounds of even the most remote outer planes it is an alien dimension of cosmic horror directly based on the work of American writer H.P. Lovecraft mm. it is the home plane for many aberrations and monsters whose very existence defies reality 
Yes. All true. <laughs> so uh, the, the fantasy con- true. <laughs> yeah, yes. All fantasy fact. Um, the concept of the Far Realm was introduced uh, to D&D in second edition by James Jacobs in the adventure module, The Gates of Firestorm Peak. Nice. Uh, the idea behind the module was to create an adventure with a distinctly Lovecraftian feel. Um, and here's a byline from the module itself. Deep inside Firestorm Peak lies a portal to an insidious region beyond sanity and light, known only as the Far Realm. Ooh. And the unknowable but hostile entities of this hideous, of the of this hideous. Okay, I must have wrote this down. Yeah, I'm just so read sorry. it normal. But ho- the hostile <laughs> entities of this hideous realm prepared to pass through into the world. Sorry, okay. that, guys. So very Lovecraftian. Again, it didn't really say anything. It's right. just like. This thing exists and it's really bad. And like, <laughs> here's a portal. Don't to mess shit with it. I can't that'll describe. also be bad. Yeah, <laughs> but okay. I actually hear it's really good. I think it broke top ten uh, best modules of all time on some website. So I don't know how factual that is. Ooh, but some I, hear website. I hear it's good. <laughs> okay, I hear it's a good adventure. Uh, word on the street is that it's fun to play. Indeed. Check it out. So the third edition, in third edition, the Far Realm was reintroduced as an optional optional slash variant modification to the standard D and D cosmology. Which oh, is okay. like the outer planes, so the inner planes, and the it wasn't plane. an accepted part of th- third no, edition. No, not yet. It was like a one-off thing in second edition, mm-hmm. and then third edition was like, oh, that was cool. Let's have that as an optional like idea. And so, so for their canon, they're not writing. Yeah, that generally in, speaking, it doesn't could... necessarily exist in all settings, right? But here's here's an idea. Okay. Uh, fourth edition then wove it into the new four E cosmology as canonical. It's like no, the Far Realm's real, and like, they did a lot of Far Realm. Oh yeah, Fauri did a lot of Far Realm stuff. Shout um, out to Fauri. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Sup, Craig? Get at me. <laughs> uh, finally, Five E switched back to the standard D and D cosmology, but then integrated the concept of the Far Realm as canonical, just as Fauri did before it. Mm. So uh, we're you have your cake needed too. Um, to physically describe the Far Realm is by definition impossible. Um, it is a theoretical. <laughs> so it is a theoretical realm of timeless infinity that triumphs over the rude boundaries of matter, space, and sanity. It exists as an infinite number of dimensions beyond our ability to detect with our limited three senses. Or not three well, senses. Three limited. Three, the, the oh, three, three dimensions. dimensions yeah, uh, that, we, that we use our five we or six senses to. Three dimensions. The far realm is. Uh, have we scientifically of confirmed this number of dimensions? Have we scientifically confirmed a sixth sense? I think the magnet sensing magnet the Earth's magnetic field is counting as a sense. Oh, when it comes to human senses, we have, we have far more than six. We have like over a dozen different senses. Ooh, I need to do some reading. <laughs> Fun. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of it is really unintuitive stuff. Like uh, proprioception is the ability to like when a ball is thrown, being able to detect where that ball will be and like grab it reflexively like, oh, like that's something perception that, it's like not that's not just depth reception it has to do with like predicting and all doing all this instinctually and like it's something that human beings excel at better than any other animal on earth are you saying that if you threw a ball to me in the far realm that i might not be able to go grab it's it it's so true because okay. yeah it's, it's very true fun the if ball threw, would show up behind me. If you threw a ball in the far realm, it might not have ever been thrown at all. Was there even a ball? <laughs> Indeed. So uh, I can't describe this ball. <laughs> I was just holding it, but I don't know what it is anymore. Indeed, all who have attempted to comprehend the nature of the far realm, mortal and immortal alike, have concluded their endeavor with a shattered mind at best, or mm. subsumed, or had been subsumed and corrupted into aberrant monstrosities themselves. That's the crazy part of Lovecraft stories: is you see this unknowable horror, and your mind is immediately obliterated into a thousand pieces. In a lot it's of true. cases, it's very true. Still, D&D sources do make an attempt to spell out the layout and reality of the Far Realm. Much of it makes little sense, which I suppose is actually quite fitting. Okay. Like, uh, some of it just blatantly is uh, contradicting, and it's like, well, I guess that makes sense. It's the Far Realm. 
Or it doesn't make it. It makes sense that it doesn't make sense. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So the far realm is comprised of an infinite number of layers. Unlike layers of the outer planes, these layers range in thickness from one inch to miles. Um, they are also not connected. In fact, they're separated by ten feet or so of void nothingness. The layers are noted to be translucent nothingness, but the nothingness itself is thick and syrupy, and movement via swimming is possible. But it also is said that this place is no place, and that the only movement in the far realm that is done is through will of mind. So, take take from that what you will. I guess like the <laughs> tether that you have to your material reality allows you to propel yourself into the great abyss of the unknown. I don't want to say the word abyss because that's another yeah, thing. not the abyss, but an abyss. Uh, a a a. a Def, like Webster style abyss. Sure. That's just a regular definition. So the layers of the far realm are, are also highly morphic. Uh, the const, they're constantly and continuously evaporating, dividing, spawning, and breathing. What's that layer where the gith are from? Oh, uh, um, limbo, okay. limbo, limbo. Yes, which is similar. Limbo's doing that. Extremely chaotic, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Chaos and, incarnate. And, and stuff is like, it's it's amorphous. Like things are changing there on, con- right. on a constant basis. And in the far realm, whether this is occurring like spontaneously or if it's the behest of the alien entities that drift through the, the layers, it, it's not really known. Right. It could be either or both or neither. <laughs> yeah. I love this episode. <laughs> um, so although... Full of nothingness, the Far Realm is also full of bizarre scenes that defy logic. So rivers of milky white fluid floating freely, plunging through multiple layers. Uh. Strange blue globs raining down from unseen heights and bursting when they come into contact with other objects. All of Evard's nasty parts that you read in the spell description <laughs> sure, are, yeah. are just all just here. Yeah, this they're is all just you, here. This, this is where you summon them from. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and when these globes burst, insectoid monsters the size of horses emerge and scuttle off into the void. Oh, good. Uh, I love horse-sized bugs or <laughs> monsters or whatever yeah, the fuck you just insectoid said. Insectoid monsters? Yeah, yeah sure. Um, gelatinous worms and forests of writhing tentacled vegetation encrusted with orange moss and seepages of blue slime that dissolve all they touch. God, man. God damn. This place gross. There is a really cool and like, uh, this is big, big spoilers for the seventh Dark Tower installment. So sorry, mm-hmm. everybody. Mm-hmm. But um, they, Roland goes under this castle and one of these dis- like in the dungeon below as he's marching through it there's one of these these entities exists down there and it, it like emerges and starts to like chase him through oh, wow. like this tunnel it is insane like mm-hmm. you describing all that just like brought it back up it's like making all these weird noises and shit it's got all these fucking tentacles coming out of its oh, mouth shit. and like eyeballs well, and he's like well, how does this thing even fit in here oh my god, oh my, god. my bullets um, aren't doing anything if i'm not mistaken uh king's work with the dark tower trilogy he he's ha- he has this idea of like the primordial soup, which is essentially the far realm. Yes, we right? talked a lot about it yeah. in the Great Old Ones episode. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's the same. It's the same thing. Yeah, it, it's it's basically a lift from Lovecraft, mm-hmm. which is like which everyone does because everything Lovecraft ever did was uh, it's it's public domain. So yeah, it, it's it belongs totally cool. to no one. I mean, there's there's a lot of lifts that King pulls in, in those books. There's like a, a lot of. Uh, things, but yeah, he has his own version of the Far Realm, which is called like the Primordial Soup, like you said. Right, right. So many of the entities that call the Far Realm their home completely defy ordered classification. They are in their, they are in their least alien forms, pseudo natural creatures that are vaguely insectoid or cephalopodic in appearance. Mm. Uh, they float through the Far Realm on unguessable errands, dwelling past eons that lie between stars. Uh, and nestling in far planes of insanity. Hmm. When these beings come to the material plane, they take forms 
that more closely emulate the physical structures of more familiar creatures. Beings such as beholders, aboliths, and mind flayers are some of the more tame examples of these beings. Other beings such as Uvudoms take forms closer to what they have within their own realm. These are creatures that look humanoid in only the vaguest of ways. They have two standard arms ended in hands, uh, but their torso extends to a lower body that ends in six more arms splayed out like a, in a spider-like formation and where they should have a head. Instead, there is a tail-like appendage that ends in a hard spike. Ah, oh, damn. So I thought like, you were going to say a, a, another hand. Oh, another hand. It's just hands. It's just hands. <laughs> so good at massages. And it's just like as these beings become more alien, they they when they come to the material plane, they don't have the ability to become something more like uh, logically structured. Like, logically, that creature couldn't exist because, like, it has no mouth. It can't breathe. Like, it can't eat. Like, but it doesn't need to because it's it's not like life from this world. Yeah, you just need two of them to exist, and you spin one of them clockwise and one of them counterclockwise, and they feed off of the infinite high-five energy. There we go. That's yeah. all you need. Let's there take a short rest. Okay. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. So wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. 
Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the part of the episode where we're not talking about that last thing because we don't understand it. No one does. <laughs> no one not does. even HP. Let's go. Uh, we're going to talk about um, how we are so happy that you are listening to the show and how much we love you for it. We're not going to forget this time. I'm never going to forget again. Uh, but I will always forget that guy. I love you guys, too. You just have to say it. Just step up, man. I usually wait for you to finish. Okay. That was that bit that we do. Uh, here's the next bit. Congratulations to the person that won our contest. Indeed, congrats. We don't know who you are yet, but we will know who you are. And when we do, we're going to let everyone else know who you are. Right. Um, next step. So. Next recording, which is two uh, a week after this one, we will announce you on the show. As of now, we're recording ahead of time, so we don't know who you are. Indeed. As Will has said. Uh, but regardless, congratulations. Somebody won a book, and it's getting shipped to them. Whether you are on Instagram or Facebook or in our email or, Twitter, or on Twitter, or, yeah. you're most likely on Twitter. But we don't know. Well, I think it's 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 going to even out because I think uh, it, most of our contestants were on Twitter in past contests, but now it's starting to even out. I think. I think so too. Yeah. Um, there there are lots of people everywhere. Apparently, um, <laughs> thank you guys so much for for participating. Um, the whole point is to spread the word about the show, and you guys did a great job. Uh, so thank you very much. Um, please continue to spread the word about the show by leaving con- uh, comments on YouTube, like, subscribe, all that stuff. You can also just tell someone about the show. It's super good. Word of mouth is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, as I've been harping, uh, leave us an iTunes review. It's super yeah, helpful. It um, does. Even if you're on Podbean, Podcast Addict, Google. Doesn't matter. Google Play, whatever it is. It helps the show's visibility, which is all we need. We just want to talk to uh, you about Dungeons & Dragons and we, all your friends. Uh, so, yeah, thanks a lot. Um, what else we got, Will? Um, check out our merch store. Yeah. We, we have them. t-shirts. We have mugs. We have, well, it's just t-shirts and mugs, but there, we have mugs. a lot of different t-shirts and mugs. Uh, it's, and they're available to everybody, and we're mm-hmm. always looking into um, like new merch we can make and stuff like that. Um, speaking of new merch, we have a bunch of new merch available to you on our Patreon. You guys can go check that out. I still haven't updated the tier list. Yeah, we got to update the tier list, and also I'm, I've am i just ordered the new test for the new custom item for our $20 tier. I'm not going to spoil what it is yet until I get the the. I think we test already item. did. Oh, did we? Yeah. Okay. Well, then you already know. Either way, the test item's coming. Yeah, <laughs> test item's coming. Um, you guys can check it out. We will be um, featuring it on our social media in the form of photography at some point. Uh, so yeah, um, really excited for it. I'm really happy um, that some of the things I say on the show get turned into merch. <laughs> it's so, so true. It's so, so true. That's fun. I say a lot of dumb shit on the show. I love it. <laughs> I hope you guys do too. So uh, I think with that, we'll get back to that show that we love so much. Indeed. There back it is. Let's get it. Into the un- Go get the show, Will. Beyond. Hurry, there it goes. <laughs> right. Have we returned? We have returned. I, I'm having trouble discerning my locale. 
Oh, that that shows that we've returned. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> so before the short rest, I was talking about like creatures that are from the far realm that live there, um, and talking about how like some of the more tame ones, when they come to the natural world, take on forms that are still incredibly horrific and unnatural. Wait, hold up! Isn't like the pseudo natural? Isn't the uh, the like outer plane, like the far realm? Um, I guess argument is that the rest of existence is the abomination and that we are we one are, could argue that yeah yeah we the, they easily we're, be like, rubbed out we're by the anomaly yes yeah, yes yeah. and that everything this the reality is this this super imposition of all this weird sure. undescribable bullshit yeah it's like a it's like string theory out there guys <laughs> right. it's a whole bunch of shit you can't so, see yeah that, that is definitely one way to look at it but what i was saying was like some of the more tame creatures from there have Appearances that are are more naturally attuned to the material plane, while others, as you get more powerful, uh, become less and less likely to even be able to exist in our realm. Mm-hmm. And still beyond even these creatures, uh, the Uvudans were the last ones I was talking about. There are countless types of unknowable beings, vast shapes thrifting, drifting through the endless void, existing on multiple layers of the far realm simultaneously. Godlike entities whose very sentience is difficult to assess. These titanic uh, entities, the smallest among them being the size of cities, swim through the nothingness, whispering awful truths to those who dare listen. Uh, though these entities desire, though these entities' desires and purposes are beyond the understanding of material beings, great old ones, which are these beings, are known to grant warlock packs and those to those daring and insane enough to be willing to forge such a bond. Don't I know it will? <laughs> Indeed, don't you? Uh, these entities are powerful and unspeakable beings ripped from the nightmares of the darkest minds, so unfathomable as to be a perversion of reality itself. I always find it um, enticing that the descriptors that do make it through uh-huh. are like parallels that we draw to the like Earth's ocean. Right. Like, Swimming and yeah. tentacles. Which and, is like stuff that's super alien to living on land. Yeah, like yeah. The, the, the Cthulhu, right? Like that's mm-hmm. something that like exists on the Earth, right? Or is that like a thing? Like, it comes, Oh, you're talking it about emerge- actual Lovecraftian yeah, stuff? Like yeah, like it emerges from yeah. the ocean. And like, yeah. and like, the Lovecraftian mythos Cthulhu was here like long, long before man ever appeared. Yeah. Right, like the New World of the Worlds mm-hmm. with uh, Tom Cruise. Um, I guess, yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, I would watch a Cthulhu movie with that same kind of premise. Where it's with like, Tom Cruise? With Tom Cruise, yes, that I would, would be, watch it. He would be great for a Lovecraft adaptation it. at this yeah, point. He's be, insane. Yeah, that's great. That's too funny. <laughs> oh, we should get Dakota Fanning for it, too. Of course. And she'll be like, what is that? She'll just scream the whole fucking time. It'll be great. Hey, I like that movie. It's Any, okay. Anyways. <laughs> I like the original too. The, the classic kid. is great. Have you ever heard the uh, the radio the show? Yes, I've heard. Oh it. man, it's I listened to it good. on Halloween a couple years ago. It was so great it's, to like think about the chaos. It's yeah, I can't just know, like I this can episode. Only imagine. Indeed, it's chaos everywhere. So now, uh, now the far realm is potentially a place that uh, player characters can go to. You know, it wasn't in previous editions, but it is now. And though I don't know why a player would ever choose to do so, it's an option. So man, how do you how do you accomplish that feat? Um, I mean, portal, portal. No, just portal it. Yeah, just portal it. (laughs) I really like, uh, I have a really cool idea Mm -hmm. about, I'm not going to get into spoilers for nothing. No spoilers. Gotcha. All right. (laughs) So to exist in the far realm is to see, hear, and think in ways the mortal brain was not designed for. Exposure to this overwhelming of the senses and consciousness of an individual will eventually cause permanent madness and even in small doses may cause permanent personality changes. Yeah, experiencing this stuff is going to rattle you. You're not going to be the same after. Yeah, absolutely. To add to this, the Far Realm is a place with a deeply tainting and corrupting effect 
much like the abyss. Uh, travelers here may sprout eyes in horrific locations on their body. Their forms might slowly transmutate over time, sprouting extra arms, tentacles, spines, holes, teeth, etc. Um, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, a mortal transformed uh, both physically and mentally by the influence of the fur realm uh, become beings known as foul spawn. Is anybody's armpit itchy? <laughs> Mine's really itchy. What the fuck's going on in there? Oh, my, oh God. my God. I can see. <laughs> I can see from my pities. Um, in the movie uh, Army of Darkness, which is a great movie. If anyone hasn't seen that movie, go see that movie right now. A Find will, it. A will, Find it. A will it's start, so watching. A Will Stark classic. But, uh, a, a cult spoilers, classic for sure. Spoilers for Army of Darkness. Oh, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. <laughs> go Pause watch the now. podcast. Yeah. Come back. Uh, but uh, I'm not going to get into the details, but an entity gets inside Bruce Campbell and uh, through his mouth and like he swallows it. He ends up like drinking mm. boiling water, trying to kill it. Um, it's a really good scene, but he doesn't kill it. The thing starts to like grow within him. Oh God. And the first sign that something's wrong, he's like, he gets an itch on his shoulder. He's like, what's that? What's that? And like he tears his shirt open and there's an eyeball. And he's like, <laughs> oh my God. And then like from the eyeball, like a whole person starts to grow out of his body. Oh, and that's, I'm gonna end that spoiler, but that's what this reminds me of. And your and your armpit bit. Yes, thank me you. Of that. Yeah. Um that is wild. <laughs> yeah. It's a, good, sounds, it's a good movie. That sounds like a horrific, horrific thing. Yeah, I love that movie. Uh, uh where was I? <laughs> where where oh, yeah, are we so, indeed? Oh yeah, the corrupting the corrupting effects and all that other stuff. Yes, Foul yes, spawn. Yes, 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 yes. So this corrupting influence also extends to the material plane. So near the fringes of reality, where the veil between planes is thinnest, um, slits in this reality, which lead to the far realm, can be found. Mm. Um, through these slits, intrusions can occur. Now these intrusions can be, uh, you know, things like abolus, elephants, and beholders. Some say this is how these creatures came into the world. They they ventured through these slits in reality. Yeah, um, but. These places are also intruded by the Far Realm's influence itself, not just like the beings from there. And so these these areas can end up suffering from bizarre warping and corrupting of the inert substances um, as the two realities begin to merge and blend, if you will. So spontaneous birthing of aberrant vegetation and creatures can also occur, as well as like all the weird bendy, timey-wimey stuff. Mm -hmm. So yeah, any questions about that before? I'm basically going to end this episode on a kind of a fun fact and and that'll be that well there's a i I do want to talk about another scene from the dark tower that you kind of reminded me of oh yeah it's uh so spoilers for wizard and glass or if you're going to read the comic books the marvel editions of like roland's childhood but um there's the famous scene from the book and Mm -hmm. it's like i don't know if it's famous in like the community of people that talk about the books necessarily Mm -hmm. like it's definitely highly notable scene Mm -hmm. but in the lore itself like this is something that gets talked about for a while Mm -hmm. and it's the the scene with a box canyon where uh young child roland and his group kind of funnel a bunch of would-be like if you don't become a gunslinger, you get exiled. Oh. But these people are still highly skilled. <laughs> okay, right? Like they were training yeah. for a long time. They just didn't make the grade, so mm-hmm. they get sent. Uh, they get sent west. I think it is. Mm-hmm. You either get you either go east or you go west. Fucking whatever direction it is. All My right. bad for not remembering. Mm-hmm. But um, they're out in the direction of the exiles, and they happen upon like a team of them, and he like tra- tricks them into going into this box canyon, like they like they're going in there. Mm-hmm. But he Roland found this thing they're like you need to check this out gunslinger like there's some bullshit going on in here and it's one of these places that's thin uh, mm. like they call them thinnies in, oh, the, in wow. the world so there's it's like oh shit don't go anywhere near that and he remembers it and he's fucking outnumbered and shit and that's how he beats them he sends all these dudes into the thinny oh, and wow. they start getting like taken and oh, stuff oh shit it's it's the fucking wildest shit <laughs> like when you read that part you're like mm-hmm. 
oh, it's it is horrifying. Right, it is right. horror in fantasy. It is like oh, that's really cool. These events that happen with like these thin areas, mm-hmm. even with like when we're talking about demons in the abyss, mm-hmm. I really like the idea of like, well, the Jumanji board game is a portal, right. but this area is just like something's wrong. Like reality is rubbing against yeah. something that's yeah. making it thin, like how they describe. Right. And there's other things that happen with reality, like the bubbles of the Feywild and the Shadowfell and right, stuff like that. Right. Those are different, but they those are, are slightly different. Yeah. yeah. But there's like these thin areas are like just having that around. If you're exposed to it, it's mm-hmm. just like a fucking mental like beration of this like maddening effect right and you'll notice in dnd a lot of times like these areas are like in the deep places of the world like where reality begins to end so like deep deep in the underdark deep deep under the ocean right and like this is why the underdark's so full of aberrations and why it's so tied to madness and stuff like that it's exposed to all this shit because mm-hmm. like just hearing like people are always like what's that sound in the in the mm-hmm. writing and they're like uh i don't know it it's the sound of reality fucking fading out. Right. That's, sure. Yeah. I sick. like that. That's that's cool. So um, I just wanted I got I got one fact, fun fact. So there's actually a, one location within the far room that's like a known static location. It's okay. called Zazox, which is a silly name, but it's a cool location. So Zazox is this floating stone keep securely lashed to the trunk of a desiccated tree over a mile in diameter. This relic of the material plane, uh, complete with barracks, kitchen, library, and laboratory, was an outpost for a group of wizards intent on discovering forbidden knowledge. Yikes. Yeah. What they found was madness. <laughs> Daruth Winterwood, uh, an elven wizard and former leader of the expedition, is now a gibbering madman with a brain literally filled with spiders. He's like, like actual spiders fill his brain. Because uh, this is the far realm. He's like, where? who ate all my Cheez-Its? There's nothing but madness in this box. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. The other powerful wizards and their servants still wander the halls of Zazox, uh, their minds robbed of rational thought. It is said that Daruth sporadically rises from his deranged malaise and attempts, his, attempts to coax open a portal back to the prime material plane dreaming of bringing the mad stone fortress to the world and with it a tidal wave of insanity as the far realm spills out after it that's uh that's also reminding me of that gift stuff like uh like weren't there a oh i'm thinking about well they have uh, the floating fortresses in limbo well isn't there somebody in like a ship like a boat that comes like there's they're they're sailing through. Time has stopped. Right. Astral sea. Yeah. The astral sea. Yeah. And because I remember, make sure you poop before you spend time <laughs> you in the astral sea. You don't want to spend all your time. <laughs> of course, that's up. your touchstone. That's how you remember what I said in the gift. Episode. Hey, man, whatever I got to do to like retain this content. <laughs> right, okay. Right? So yeah. so uh, like that. Why why is that why is that ringing a bell? Like they want to like. Well, Didn't they want to like come over and bring chaos with them, like from, or were they just like pirating around? They're just pirating. They just they invade other planes and take shit. So they're really good at like opening portals. So yes. Like, so like these wizards, th- these mad wizards are just stuck up there. Like, how do I open the gate? Yeah, and the reason that he can't is because he's insane. Because he's an idiot now. Yeah, I'm sure he could figure out if he was rational, but he can't. Yeah, okay, he's defeated himself. Exactly. Like <laughs> there, uh, this is again D and D. Like the evil classic, neutralizes itself. Yeah, the classic D and D trope. Uh, evil neutralizes itself until you need a plot. Hook. Exactly. Um, so, any questions about the far realm? 
Um, man, like what question could you ask about this? Like, I mean, it's, unknowable place. Yeah. It's, so like you kind of answered like how long can a and can people survive there? Like it's up for, to the mechanically, DM. you're just making madness rules, right? And yeah. there's optional rule for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're gonna t- you're gonna bust out the DMG. Make sure you get your 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 ground set for like what is to come to your players. Mm-hmm. What level are you gonna throw players in at this? I don't with the farm. I don't think that matters. Yeah, probably you know what not. I mean? You can um, even do early level stuff because you can just reskin your aberrate your aberrations. For me, the farm is a tricky thing to implement into your campaign setting because it's like it's very unlikely that you're gonna be like, oh, you're gonna go there and like we're gonna spend X amount of time there and you're gonna do crazy shit. It's like I don't know. To me, it's like the farm is at its scariest when it's <gasps> unknown. Yes. And you're not submerged in it. Right. And you when like go th- along with the Lovecraftian way of Yeah, when the threat of the submersion is the punishment that will end all the characters' lives. Like, that's how I would use the Far Realm. Like, like it creeps as on a the edge. Threat. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, as a looming and we threat. Don't, if it gets here, it's over. As something that you interact with only lightly, and when you do, it's, like, horrifying. Right, right. But never more than lightly, because you want that fear of, like, oh, but what if... What if it got worse, or what if I we got caught up in it? Right, because like, a Lovecraft story almost always ends with them being either devoured by the monster, mm-hmm. or going into the unknown, mm-hmm. or like my journal or becoming a are, monster. That's a really common yes, one. Yes, becoming or a monster. Yeah, the, the monster either shows up, or you become the monster, or yeah. you vanish. I like the idea of like if you're doing like a great old one warlock, you know, um, which I am, which you are, but not in in just the more generic case, like maybe you pass through the far realm, made your bond with Yogg-Sothoth or whoever. Mm -hmm. And uh, then this all happens within the course of a minute and you're back out of the far realm, but now you're permanently scarred. You're bonded to the, you're bonded to this like eternal unknowable being, but like just that experience and what you saw and whatnot uh, has affected you so greatly that you're mad. Now you're this mad warlock. Right. Um, You know, cause like, I, I was reading some things and it was saying like, you know, some people when they pass through the far room, just nonsensical <coughs> things happen. Like they could suddenly experience in a moment a hundred childhoods of a hundred different lives that never existed. You know what I mean? Oh, and like cool. Just, yeah. Just random crazy get, stuff like, like that. A brain yeah. overload flooded with exactly. like this random thought bubble that passed through them. Exactly. It's like you could form a bond and a pact with one of these elder things uh, without even meaning to. Just yes. in the madness that yeah. ensues. Because, because you've been set on this path like... They're they're doing kind of the same thing like devils and demons are doing where they're like causing like a chaos effect where they're mm-hmm. like if I have this guy put this book here yeah. somebody will come along and read it and eventually do this right. thing the that more will sentient blah, 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 ones blah, blah, do blah. that yeah yeah and the dominoes will fall right so like that's kind of what I feel like a great old ones relationship would be with somebody in the material yeah. plane is either something meaningless and inconsequential <gasps> or something very meaningful and extremely consequential right and there's exactly. not a lot of middle ground there there really me. isn't and that's that's one of the things that's kind of unique about Lovecraft's work is a lot of times his godlike entities are hardly sentient at all. They're like giant slime beasts without like a, without brains. Yes, yes. And like they just act instinctually, but they have the power of gods. Right. Yeah. But they're always somehow like connected. Like when we talk about Nier Lerhotep or like yeah. somebody like that, that mm-hmm. is technically a great old one. But oh, yeah. yeah. And then some of them are hyper, hyper. Yeah, yeah. So yeah you have beyond like, intelligence. So yeah. if you, I think if you're trying to have a more like 
devil or demon style relationship, but have a great Olnon pack, then Nier Lehrotep is a great Yes, I would I would agree. You want one of the more intelligent ones. Yeah, so so just like if like keep in mind, do you think we should play the Call of Cthulhu game to like get more insight into how mechanically this stuff should work? when you were like mm. embedded into it is that like a well uh, call of cthulhu is a very very different game from dnd like yes. i don't know how much you i take almost, from it almost nothing i've never played it i only hear people talk right. about it i but know I, that it's like easy to die in i that don't game. it is very easy to die in that game i don't know how much uh would transfer is what i'm saying like you know what i mean yeah okay like, I, i'm i'm sure you could garner something from it that you could use in your dnd game but like I don't feel it's necessary for when I'm running it, but who I can know, see it being useful. Like, have you heard of a Call of Cthulhu style? Like, because Call of Cthulhu has Cthulhu in the name because, like, that's the mm-hmm. one everybody knows, right? But, yeah, yeah. But like, you, you're really playing a a far far realm or great old one campaign. Uh-huh. Like, that seems right now as where I'm at. I feel like I have a lot of good experience and knowledge with the great old one stuff and all that. But like, how would I even fathom a full campaign like entrenched in this? Am I playing a city game? Am I playing, uh, am I playing a game? Like what am I doing? I mean, you could do whatever you want. I mean, I think a city game is probably a really good setting. Like something's affecting the city. Cause that's probably like call of Cthulhu that you're kind of playing in like a, yeah. a civilized area exactly i mean you would just run a lot of the badness rules the insanity rules and the horror rules yeah i don't know if you're playing D and it's probably essentially the same it's still D. like it's still paladins and and wizards but they're having to deal with this same problem if you're trying to do something where the world is truly mundane and they're dealing with the lovecraftian stuff then D &D would not be the game for that That that's the one thing that D D can't really tone down uh, that stuff, like the mundaneness. Yeah, like soup. Like, like you can have low magic settings, but having no magic settings is kind of taking away from an element that the game writes in. Right, you have to do a lot of stuff. Like you have to like, okay, so only classes allowed are no magic classes, and you probably can't level up past level five. Five is probably the cap. Which I know there's people that do that, and I know that even three point five supported uh, had books for that stuff, where it's like you hit level five and that's it. And, like, there was other ways to grow your character, but the level stopped. If you thought about, like, the real world where I go to work every day or whatever, and a level five character rolled through doing what they can do, that's so absurdly powerful. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's an absolute expert in whatever it is they're doing. So, like, there, I guess, like, where you're going to have your, where are you jumping off from? Mm -hmm. Okay. That kind of helps me a little bit, like, like, picturing what that campaign might look like in a D&D setting. Right. Which I think is, like... I don't think we've ever really talked about that. Hmm. So no. that's cool. But yeah, my phone's completely out of storage. So. That's okay. Uh, let's get ready for end. the long rest. Yeah. And before we go, we just want to encourage you to check out our live D&D uh, live play on YouTube and in podcast form. It's uh, called Super Quest Saga. It's a game that we play in space. It's a future fantasy game that mixes both sci-fi and technology with fantasy and magic. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah, the game where I play a great old one-packed uh, warlock named Carter Huttenberg, it's a true. like kind of southern gentleman-esque uh, insane person. <laughs> Indeed, it's true. Uh, there's a lot of fun things that uh, me and Will have planned for that, kind of now that we're in the, uh, like, we're getting closer to some big stuff with Carter. Indeed, a lot uh, of stuff's happening. So um, these episodes are great for me to kind of get into the into the role because there's definitely interactions that are going to be very interesting in that game coming up soon. So um, definitely jump in, get uh, it's really easy to crank out a bunch and binge watch them. Cause they're like an hour and change usually. Um, 
And yeah. right now, as of this recording, we have roughly 30. We're kind of closing in on the 30 yeah, marker. Yeah, closing in on 30. Um, and yeah, so there's good 30 hours of content out there for you to <laughs> fucking get in there and binge. And it's, I promise you, it's very, very good. Um, yeah, tell your friends I mean, about it. I have a great time playing in it, and so do the other two players, Josh and Jake. Um, we've got a Furbolg, uh, Fearbolg, however you want to say it. We like Furbolg here. Uh, yeah, I say Furbolg. Um, it's FIR. Uh, but anyway, yeah. like if you if you jump into that, we got a Furbolg um, Druid. We got a, a Half Orc Paladin, and we got some really dope NPCs that are are like Tiefling based and like some something I can't describe, which is great. Great, great homebrew. Uh, it is a homebrew campaign, and Will's doing a great job DMing it. So hey. come, come check it out. Um, it We have it on SoundCloud. We're hosting it everywhere. Every place you can find the Dungeon Cast, you can also find Super Quest Saga, including YouTube. So please go check that out. We really appreciate it. You can also check out our merch store, and you can check out uh, our social media at the Dungeon Cast on Twitter, the Dungeon Cast on Instagram. And you can email us for ad inquiry or if you have something... Uh, some questions, something you just want to say to us, the dungeoncast at gmail.com. I mean, we have inboxes on Twitter and Instagram too, and we get we get a lot of friendly messages. If I haven't responded to you on Instagram, sorry about that. I'm gonna start responding to those soon. Um and email as well. I think we kind of fell off of that a little bit, but we get a lot of email. Um so yeah, thank you very much for writing into the show and for listening. We we love you guys. So we'll talk to you later. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.